There's nothing really like French blues Blown by the unknown soldier in you To all your regrets and your rules I'll meet you down there when I try Hey everyone, Clay Inferno here with an edition of I Think This Is Great about 9-11. It is September 11th, 2023, and I'm here in my kitchen in a little small room called The Mantry, and I feel very safe in here, my recording studio, my podcast studio. I realized that you probably got notifications, rather shocking images on Instagram and reflections and hit pieces not so much hit pieces, but general reflections of the day on this somber anniversary. And I believe that it is my duty to have this short podcast and reflect on my thoughts, my remembrances of the day, 9-11, the tragic day that happened in New York, out of Boston, all the way down to the Pentagon. I woke up for work on 9-11-2001. I woke up in my place and took the train into work, my first professional job at Tuttle Publishing. And I got off the train at Downtown Crossing, left and walked down Franklin Street. And this is Boston, mind you. There was a large crowd around a building known as the Stock Exchange Building because that Stock Exchange Building on Franklin Street had a lot of televisions and and ticker tapes going by for the traders. Anyway, so I thought it was unusual. There was a kind of a large crowd there, and I overheard someone flew a plane into the World Trade Center. Now, I just always want to put this in perspective. I thought someone had flown a small aircraft, a Cessna-type plane, a propeller plane, into this very strange building that still exists in some fashion down in the Seaport District of Boston. They actually kind of tore down big parts of it. But I've been there before. There's a place called the World Trade Center in Boston that's by the seaport and is more of a, at the time, it was an event space. And I thought of how unusual it was. Why would someone fly their Cessna plane into this building? Obviously, that's tragic. It's big news. It's a huge thing if something like that happens in your neighborhood or your city. And um, that's obviously not what happened. Arrived to work, probably 9 a.m. call time, and everyone was very confused. And then they explained to me what had actually happened. And I'm going to get the timeline a little sort of messed up from my fuzzy memory of 22 years ago. But we were told under great fear to go and walk home. Like, don't don't stay here downtown. We don't know if there's another attack coming. I By this time, I realized there was not a Cessna airplane flying into the World Trade Center Boston, we were sent home. And we were sent home in a way that we were walking home. And I lived in Mission Hill at the time, which is a few miles away from downtown Boston. Other people lived further away, Somerville, Brighton. My walk home wasn't too, too bad. But they said, go home with with a friend that lives near you. So I think for a little while, I walked 
down Boylston Street. Everybody was walking home. Hordes and hordes of people walking home. I'm walking down the opposite end of Boylston Street where the marathon is. So like we're all taking over the streets. And I'm walking down Newbury Street, Boylston Street to get home to Roxbury Mission Hill, which is basically part of Greater Boston. Definitely not very far from uh, comparatively to where a lot of other people had to walk home. So people were, there was a lot of fear and we were sent home. And then I came home, my roommates and I watched obviously the horror unfold. And we had at the time telephones list and we tried to call our friends in New York and nothing was happening. Trying to call anywhere, the phones just did not work. And uh, we're talking landlines, 2001. We're not glued to the internet. We were glued to the TV, CNN, whatever news, ABC News, whatever, whatever news was, was going on at the time. Uh, as this is going on, you know, the days, just kind of like the days in the pandemic, they just kind of slip from early in the day, morning to afternoon to night. And by nighttime, my roommates and I, and I was roommates with them. Um, with my bandmates at the time and my good friend Christine and my, my good friend Brian. And we went down to the pub, the Squealing Pig, in Mission Hill later that night once people kind of knew what was going on. But also collectively, in the collective grief that the nation had suffered, we were all together. And I don't know if we got free pizza that night from the pizza place or free drinks from the bar. Actually, as I remember it, I think someone had a couple of pies outside and we were all big smokers then. So somebody was outside and somebody handed us a, a pie and said, we're all Americans tonight. And, and we shared our pizza pie, just thinking about this horrible, horrible thing that happened. That's my memory of the day of 9-11. Fast forward to a couple years later, and I'm at the Paradise Rock Club seeing my friend's band Drug Rug open for an artist that was greatly affected by the tragic events of 9-11 and wrote art about it and doesn't revisit this art that often. His mother died in the September 11th attacks on Flight 11. And he wrote art about it. And he wrote art about it to process by the way, this guy's dad, Elvis Perkins, is Anthony Perkins of Psycho fame. So this very famous uh, music, come from a, uh, a family of famous people. Uh, I've followed his career since. He's not the hugest artist in the world, but he has a great, great sound. He produced a record called Ash Wednesday. It was released on XL Recordings in 2007. And I'm reading from Wikipedia now. Chronologically sequent album of songs written before and after the death of his mother who died on 9-11. In a 2009 interview, Perkins states that the album has been made out to be much bleaker than it really is. And there are moments of hopefulness on Ash Wednesday too. And that, and that I would agree. It's a very, it's a short album. Well, Maybe not 11 songs is 11 songs is 11 songs. And the album is 50 minutes long, but it seems short. It seems the EP 
the songs themselves seem like they are part of, of a piece for sure. It has just some of my absolute favorite songs on here that I wish that I was talented enough to play guitar and cover. Maybe one day I could crank out a couple of these. And maybe you've heard some of these songs. Um, they've been on TV. He's not a no-name artist. He's, uh, he's pretty big, but I, I think he gets as much attention as he deserves. And I always think of Elvis Perkins' Ash Wednesday on 9-11 and highly suggest that people check out the music. There's somber lyrics. There's, it might, it's not, it's not on the nose, whatever the opposite of on the nose is. It's not too abstract, but Ash Wednesday could very well refer to all the ash and dust that you saw over New York City and the destruction of this horrible, horrible day. Emile's Vietnam in the Sky sounds, it's just a beautiful <laughs> portrait of, uh, of sitting in a restaurant, a Vietnamese restaurant in, in Manhattan, kind of like a, a chilled out scene from an Italian restaurant. Uh, that's probably saying, doesn't make it sound like a good thing, but it, it is. And I just really want people to, if they're interested in like a folk rock, uh, folk singer-songwriter, John Lennon, Bob Dylan, obviously, stuff. I, I, I think it's really worth checking out. Yeah, so I, I found myself years later seeing Elvis Perkins on his second album uh, and my friends opening him for him at the at Paradise Rock Club. And I remember that. Now, I have another rock and roll memory related to 9-11. The roommates that I was talking about earlier, my, my previous band, at the time we were doing the whole Misfits thing, the whole skull makeup, zombie makeup. We were called the Humanoids, so we were trying to be monster punk rock and rollers. And we had like our first gig in New York City in September, late September, late September, not that long after September 11th. And we go down there and we're about to play this shitty bar. <laughs> and uh, that's when we decided maybe walking around looking like zombies is not the coolest thing to do right now. And to reference Ash Wednesday, at this time, there was still kind of a, a thick or a faint, smoky, dusty vibe of the dust settling, which is like not the day after 9-11 happened, but maybe a week, maybe even two weeks. The city was not the same, and the city was still kicking up dust and ash and cleanup. And everybody down there was so nice, and it was just awful to, to think about what happened. Anyways, even though we are a bunch of idiots at the time, <laughs> we made the, the call not to dress up like zombies and put fake blood on. Uh, for our dumb punk band, which is a self-censorship I'm sort of proud of and not saying I would never do that again. 
Um, but uh, it just it was just one of those things that just didn't sit right with us. It wasn't right. I told a story about the I told a story about the World Trade Center and the Cessna plane many times before. And I've also always listened to Ash Wednesday on, or I, I it's actually, it's a constant listen of mine. It's a, one of my favorite albums to listen to. And I don't necessarily associate it with 9-11. I, it's, it's really definitely in the back of my head. Um, this also says, uh, I'm, I'm just on Wikipedia now, the day his father died was September 12th in 1992 of complications of AIDS. Uh, quoting Elvis Perkins, it first occurred to me on, Ash Wednesday itself, my consciousness was largely ruled by having lost my mother six months previously. And that it refers to that Wednesday because it was a Tuesday, uh, 9-11. We were left with nothing but Ash. So I remember one time also at that show where I was really trying to be joyful and in the moment with my friends being on stage uh, at the Elvis Perkins show at the Paradise, being really worked up about some work thing and trying to be present in my thoughts about the show I was at, being happy for my friends for getting a really cool show and that I was going to see one of my favorites ever and, and my friends are opening for one of my favorites ever and they're one of my favorites ever. And I was in a very sort of non-zen way. <laughs> I was annoyed at myself for being annoyed at the work thing that was bothering me. And almost ever since that day, I've carried that lesson with me. And sometimes when you carry a lesson with you, you, you don't avoid uh, the inevitable outcome, which is that that happened to me that day and it happened to me a hundred other times afterwards. But it's definitely a reference point when I think I should be present. I should be present and not care about who I'm disappointing right now, who's upset with me, my own self-doubts about my own abilities and things like that. I've really kept that with me, that moment. Because I try to, if you have moments like that, you don't, you don't want to have too many of them and you don't want to ruminate on them too much. But... Um, I do think a lot about death and legacy and also morbid things that I had that really freaked me out. So I think maybe part of the reason even I'm doing this quick podcast for you is to share. And my uh, my therapist, yes, you're all thinking this guy should go to therapy. Of course I should. And I do. I was worried about thinking about death and and well, not destruction, but certainly in this case it applies but death and death of my family members and and things that are totally beyond my control and my own mortality and I'm getting older and you know how can uh I get to the gym and not be so fat or whatever those things I ruminate about them a lot um but uh I'm gonna say that I've learned the vocabulary word rumination so as not to be worried about how much I think about things. That is to say that I, I'm reflective. I, I'm smart and I, I think about things. I've always thought, you know, 
before my mother died, you know, I can, I can go way back deep into memories of how I was like the sensitive one and how I was the one that was the creative one, but also the one that's like a little dark. Um, so my worry, my anxiety, which I have to, I have to say, you know, thank you to my mother for bestowing that on me <laughs> too. I, I'm starting to realize that, uh, some of these things are like a little bit learned. Uh, but anyways, I feel like how smart I am and I'm not saying I'm super smart. I almost yeah, I, I, I didn't burn the house down, but I, I smoked up the house because I walked away from a pan. I was in a phone call earlier. But um, I'm not saying I'm the smartest, but I'm saying that I'm of a certain level of intelligence where these things can and will bother me. And I do think and ruminate on them. So I try not to have negative thoughts. I'm very happy. I'm a nice guy. Uh, but I've also got uh, other things happening. So... As we take time as a nation and as a world to heal and reflect on 9-11, on the pandemic, our current situ situation politically about this or that or what's going on at work or this or that. And are other people ruminating on things? And, uh, you know, you can really get spun up pretty quickly. And I find it helpful to share sometimes maybe this podcast won't come out maybe it will but I did feel like the short podcast was a good way for me to express myself and capture these thoughts that I think every year for the past 22 years as they build and they change and then they're also the same again I don't necessarily have the rights to clip Ash Wednesday here, I may play for fair use 10 or 15 seconds at the beginning and the end. And uh, if you're interested in Elvis Perkins, you can look him up. You can look at, up interviews with him. You can look up interviews with him um, related to 9-11. There's not that many. You can look at interviews with him and what he's doing now, which is what he wants to focus on and what he... Uh, I think I encourage people to do Elvis Perkins in Deerland is the name of his newer art that's out there. And he's a terrific songwriter. So great. Um, so I don't think people really know him that much or that well. Um, highly suggested. Highly suggested. And with that, I'm going to play a little music and see you on the other side. Thank you. And good night.